Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate, and I'm a homeschooling mom doing this homeschool thing right beside you. I don't have it all figured out, but one thing I know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Join me and other down-to-earth members of the homeschool community as we share the reality of what this homeschooling journey is really like. Hey sisters, I hope you're doing well. I am so excited to introduce you to a friend of mine today. Her name is Samantha Shank. Samantha has been an entrepreneur for her whole life. She started an educational blog and store called Learn in Color when she was just 14 years old. Within three years, she was making a full-time income as a freelance graphic designer and marketer as Learn in Color grew. Samantha has a master's in education in curriculum and instruction with a focus on gifted education. Her expertise is in marketing and graphic design, and her work has been viewed millions of times across social media. As a budding world traveler, Samantha has visited 10 countries within the past year, which includes several solo trips. Basically, she's amazing, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Let's go. Hey, Samantha. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm in California and it's warm out, so I am good today. I love that. What temperature do you have? Probably 70s. It's just, yeah, it's just warming up here. So I'm excited to get outside later today. Nice. We are East Coast, New Hampshire, and it is almost 70 here today. It had been raining up until this week and all of a sudden, I should knock on wood, but I think it has clicked and that spring is finally here. (laughs) Good. Yes. And then summer's coming soon and I'm excited for that. Same. So for anyone who doesn't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Samantha. I'm currently 24 years old. I started my business Learn in Color when I was 14 years old. It started out of a love and interest of World War II history. And a few years later, I learned that you could make money blogging. And so my virtual assistant career started from there. When I was 17 years old, I had created a full-time income for myself back in Indiana. And I graduated college in two and a half years. I finished my master's degree last year. Both of those were debt-free and without any financial help. I was homeschooled from grades four through 12, and I believe that homeschooling contributed a lot to my success just because I was able to go at my own pace. And right now, I am a digital nomad. I'm currently based in the Los Angeles area, but I'm traveling all over. I'm going back to Guatemala later this month, and I have a three-month stint in Asia plan, which I'm very excited about. That's amazing. You travel a ton. When we were talking, (laughs) when we were emailing, I was talking about how I live vicariously through your photos on Instagram. I love to see where you're going. Did you, have you always traveled or was that something that you started doing college? Yeah. So back in Indiana, I was living two and a half hours away from the major, from a major airport. So it was really inconvenient to travel. It was really expensive because we either had to take public transportation to the airport, which was a pain. And it was just like impractical. But a year and a half ago, I moved out to Los Angeles and I live 15 minutes away from LAX, which is one of the largest airports in America. And I'm able to get flights everywhere. And I wasn't intending this when I first started learning color, but the flexibility of that job and now like this passive income that's created allows me to travel so freely. I budget travel. I'm not living bougie. I'm staying in hostels, very cramped, but I love all those like different experiences. And I think homeschooling really did contribute to that. And it contributed to my love of learning. Like I love learning. I've always been interested in different cultures. And so now it's fun for me to like look back at my old blog posts I wrote when I was 18 years old and say, hey, Samantha, you're not just writing about it. You're actually visiting these places. And that's so surreal to me. 
That's awesome. You made it come to life. Yes. <laughs> what has yes. been your favorite place that I know this is hard, but oh what has been your favorite trip? Like what country or place or probably Guatemala. I don't know what it was. When I first visited Guatemala a couple months ago, I was going through a really rough patch in life. I just had a million things going on. And the, the city just had this healing energy to it. I don't really believe in that kind of stuff, but it just felt like energizing and my soul felt so refreshed. So my friend is going through a breakup and she said, hey, do you want to go back to Guatemala? And I said, heck yes. And I bought my tickets two days later. And yeah, I'm, that's the only country I've gone to twice in Mexico. So I'm excited. What, what a great friend you are. <laughs> I'm like, I'll make the sacrifice to go to Guatemala. And Guatemala is <laughs> really cheap. Like my, take, my first ticket was $100 to there. And then wow. uh, our private like room in a hostel is $20 split into it was $10 a night. So I think there's this conception that travel has to be expensive, but the way I'm traveling is cheaper than life in LA. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. That area is very pricey. So that is so cool. So starting a business at 14 is unusual. And you said that <laughs> it, it was started from a love of history. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So when I was like 13, 14, even before then, I had always had an interest in computers. I loved making PowerPoint slideshows of my family. I love making like lyric videos. My sister and I have made stupid, not stupid, I hate to call it the word stupid, but like dorky, cringy music videos when we were younger. And looking back, all of those different skills brought me where I am today. So for example, in PowerPoint, when I was trying to figure out a timing of something, or I just was able to Google the answer and I was able to teach myself how to do that. As I got older in homeschooling, I was teaching myself like algebra just through Google mainly. There's so many resources out there that helped me throughout college and beyond. But when I was in fourth grade, I discovered this book called I Am David by Anne Holm. It's still one of my favorite novels. And it really introduced that love of history to me. It was my first time learning about World War II and the Holocaust. And at that time, I had just started homeschooling. So I was in public school for four years and I hadn't really learned anything. And at the time, I didn't have any like understanding of geography. Like the book is set in Denmark. And I thought since it sounded like Denver, I thought like the Holocaust happened in Colorado. I was extremely <laughs> confused. And my parents were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. I just realized I was like super intrigued by this. And I had never really heard of Europe. Like I had heard of Europe, but it was more of like this distant idea instead of, oh, this is actually not in America. Yeah, so that's that is so, that's so interesting. That's so interesting to hear because it is so funny to think about. I'm trying to think of who I just had a conversation for the podcast too about this. But in elementary school, like especially early elementary school, you're just learning about the states and the capitals and things like that. Yes. Like it's so yeah. US centered. And so why would you know about Europe unless you, your parents were yeah. talking about it? Or <laughs> it's just so interesting. And then I wish I could remember what this, I'm going to think of it at three in the morning, but we were talking about how you learn about geography late elementary school, but yes. then you don't talk about it again. Yes. <laughs> like oh my gosh. Yeah. And in the so, area, so like I, the last time I learned geography, I was probably in like fifth grade and there's countries that are now that exist that didn't exist then. It's just bananas how they just, whoever decides what should be learned when. Exactly. And back in the public school years, I grew up in like rural Indiana. The public schools were not the greatest. There was a lot of poverty. So I don't, I don't blame my teachers. I had really good teachers, but just like the circumstances in the public school system in general just was not suited for gifted learners, which again, I don't blame my teachers for. It's just the poverty, the drug problems, all of that in Indiana. And yeah, we just never did any type of geography or history or anything really. I feel like looking back, I'm like, I don't even know what we did in public school, but yeah. <laughs> you did the bean seed like in the 
Oh my gosh. I feel like we did do that four years in a row. Like our spelling words were still I and A, like in third grade and public school system. And kids were like, oh my goodness, like this is very basic. I don't know. Yes. And especially being a gifted learner, those early years, especially, it's so hard. It's not hard to accommodate, but it's so hard for a system to accommodate because it's so focused on getting people to read and you know, yep. that, and they need to learn to read. So it's really hard. That's why we started homeschooling. I did not okay. expect yeah. there was not anything. And same for us. Homeschooling wasn't something that we were like, oh my gosh, like we have to homeschool for religious reasons or whatever. It just happened because the public school was not meeting our social, emotional, intellectual needs at all. And it was just taking eight hours out of the day. Okay. So now the, so you started reading this book and you realized that Denmark is not in Colorado and you're it opens yes. up this whole world and interest in history. How did that go to learning color? How'd that happen? I was a gifted learner when I was younger. And if you have spent a lot of time around gifted kids, they can be a little bit on the quirkier side. And starting from fourth grade on, that's all I wanted to talk about is World War II. So because that, like you were talking about, I didn't know anybody who had, who knew all of these things. And I started reading all these really cool stories from the war, all these crazy facts. And I became completely enthralled in it. I was reading dozens of World War II memoirs, documentaries, movies, all of that. And I just wanted to tell everybody about it. But it got to the point when people are like, Samantha, this is annoying. We don't care. And like looking back, I was just like this quirky. Yeah, I'm so quirky, but I was a quirky child. (laughs) And I, but I love that. So for my little one, I've joked my oldest who was, we pulled him to homeschool for very similar reasons. He would talk about these animals that were just like very specific. So it was like the ring-tailed lemur and only that lemur or the humble squid was like, a big one Humboldt squid and the cuttlefish and he would tell you how they like change genders and people in target would be like what yeah I know about? exactly but I, I look back like- now and I'm like how great that he was able to be interested in these quirky weird weird according to the general age group yeah. at that time how great that they were able to, to be like you were able to dive down a world war ii rabbit hole when it wasn't necessarily like cool in fourth grade or whenever and I'm really thankful for a really great library because that's where I got the majority of my resources. I love librarians because they just don't judge you for whatever you're interested in. And like you were saying, one time I was working at a library and this six-year-old wanted to tell me everything he knew about that Titanic. And I was quizzing this kid because I was like curious about how much he knew and he was impressing me. Yeah, but anyway, from that, my sisters and I, this was around the time when Vine existed. And so we started making stupid like little Vines. And then when Vine I forgot got about that, Vine. Oh my gosh, I miss Vine. Yeah. But that same era, like I started a blog. And so this blog was called the Savvy Saving Sisters because I thought it was going to be a money blog and my sisters and I were going to blog together and go viral. That did not happen. It ended up dying very quickly. But even but that I, interest is so cool. And now yeah. you're talking about how you're traveling on a budget. So that it's interesting to see how your early interests, if you follow those rabbit trails, how they can be what you ultimately end up doing. Yes. And that was one of my very first experiences doing web design. The blog was like like neon green, neon pink, but that was my first experience with web design. And then a couple of months later, that's when Learning Color was born. Yeah, I just started blogging about World War II. I got connected with Jamrell Stewart, who's another blogger. 
and my blog started to go viral. Like one of my very first posts was called Historical Movies for Kids. Again, I have no intentions with this. I just really want to talk about my favorite historical <laughs> movies because nobody in South Bend, Alcord, Indiana will talk to me about these things. But then the response was pretty amazing. I had a lot of teachers, a lot of homeschool parents telling me, hey, we watched one of your movies and we really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for this list. I just started growing it slowly. And then about the year later, I found out that you can make money blogging. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a viable career path. Previously, I had thought that the only jobs available to people that love history were history teacher or historian. And at the time I was dead set on moving to Israel and becoming a Holocaust historian. I was learning Hebrew. I was like dedicated to this. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna move to Israel and become a historian. But once I discovered the blogging world, I realized that I had so much flexibility with it. It's something that I could do from anywhere. Originally, I saw myself like staying home, becoming a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling my kids. And I'm like, oh, this is a perfect way to make money and do that. And as I got older, it just turned into something completely different, like a similar but different. Um, and that's how that started. And around that same time, I was around 15 years old. I had no life. I'm 15. <laughs> but a lady was looking for someone to help her manage her Pinterest accounts. And then I said, hey, I'll do it for $12 an hour, which, you know, in like the virtual assistant world, that's dirt cheap. I was happy because I'm making like almost double minimum wage. <laughs> and she was super impressed with my work. And so that's how that grew. And then that is what paid for my college, my undergrad, and that's what paid for a lot of my early years. Learning color didn't become like passive and like self-sustaining until when I was about 22. But the mm -hmm. virtual assistant work and that freelancing is what paid for, is what financed my life. We're giving my income, yeah for the first several years of entrepreneurship. I love that. It's hard to make money on blogging consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. Especially yeah. lately, I feel like post-pandemic, it's tricky, but it's amazing that you were able, having a blog myself, I'm listening yeah. to you tell the story. I started it off just as a joke with my teacher friends because they were like, <laughs> we want to know what happens. This is interesting. And so I was on, I think it was Blogspot, like forever yep. ago. <laughs> And the posts are ridiculous, but I did reach a point where parents of kids like mine, people searching on the internet to be like, my kid is in kindergarten and can't sit in a chair and can't stop calling out answers, but also is reading like Lord of the Rings, the yeah. searching <laughs> online for that. I grew this core group of people that many of which are still with me today. And then later realized like, oh, because I had companies reach out. I was like, oh, I could have reached out to these companies that we use and be like, hey, I'll write a review. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. the whole concept of that it could be a business was just so not on me. my radar at all. Yeah, same for me. And even back in Indiana, when I had graduated college, I was making, I attended a really small college, but I was making more than a lot of my peers. And I kept getting asked, when are you going to find a real job? And it got to the point when I was like starting to get super sarcastic. I'm not necessarily proud of that, but it's, oh my gosh, like, I've been doing this for six years steadily. I am making more money than some of my peers with real jobs right now. Like this, come on. But I think like right now, like I'm really glad I stuck with it because right now in California, everybody and their mom has a business. It's very normalized to be in this kind of like weird niche space. So I'm like really glad I stuck with it because now I have the flexibility to travel everywhere. So it's just one of those things at the time people will ask you like, hey, what are you doing? This is weird. But now people look at me and it's just a different it's, oh, like she can just go to Guatemala next week without. Yeah. Yeah. So You're on your own schedule. Yeah. It's just an interesting mindset shift from when I like originally started and people's like feedback and like the public perception of me. I don't know. Yes. And you were doing all those behind the scenes things. Cause I'm not techie, 
but, and because blogs don't make a ton of money, initially I was like very careful about where I spent it to get help with VA work, but $12 Mm -hmm. an hour is amazing. And then you're learning all those skills. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and then you can work on your own time for a bunch of different people. And you're also learning skills that you can then apply to your own business. Exactly. And I learned really early on the importance of networking. Elkhart, where I grew up, like they have a very strong entrepreneurship community and that loves to help like youth. So kids listening, take advantage of your youth because people love to help kids and the next generation. They love to be passing on that knowledge. But anyway, I learned about the importance of networking. And because I, of Megan's recommendations, I started working for some really powerful bloggers who are making tons of money. And I was able to follow their examples and follow their mistakes. And sometimes like they would send me like a rant of five minutes of everything they did wrong. But honestly, that helped me. Like I wanted to hear, hey, I'm probably not going to do X, Y, and Z when you do this. Learn from their mis- expensive mistakes. Like it was a really great networking opportunity. And then I grew my, my blogger friends and network to a point when I had a problem with a domain or like a cranky customer, I would just say, hey, how would you guys handle this? And then obviously these women have been, who have been blogging forever were able to give me some really sound advice. And I think that's another reason why I was able to grow so quickly is through their support. I think that's so great. I was talking this week with Kim John Payne, who wrote Simplicity Parenting, which you probably have not read, (laughs) but he is all about giving children a lot of, and teens, a lot of empty space and open hours so that they can pursue their own interests and everything. And in that conversation, he was talking about how that is so important for creativity. And also he, I want to say he said that people who are 10 years old today, there's something like a 60% chance that they will be self-employed. So it's even more important that you let your kids figure this stuff out so that they can go off in the world and pursue their own interests. And then they can travel to Guatemala on budget. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's so Exactly. Yeah. And just like the way tech is changing, like right now, even with AI generated things, the things my friends in California are working on, like it's going to be, the world's going to change so much in the next 10 to 15 years. So I feel like fostering those skills is a lot more important than just teaching the hard skills of that. Because even technology today in my short lifetime, it's just changed so much over the years. And then I would have never imagined this right now, 10 years ago. And I don't think most people would have. No. And I think I often say I went out, I went to school to be a school psychologist. And if you had told me that I would have a when I was applying to colleges, a blog, yeah. I don't think a was even, was it a thing? A podcast didn't exist, a online community, like these yeah. weren't chat rooms were like the new <laughs> instant messenger was just amazing to be having a conversation right now face to face and you're in California and I'm in New Hampshire. It's just bananas. Yeah. And it's going to be so much faster. So we can't even fathom oh, what that- they're going to be doing in 10 to 15. Yeah, years. definitely. So along that line, as someone who was homeschooled and who started a business early, what would your advice be to homeschool parents when they're thinking about these teen years? Oh my gosh. I am not a parenting expert. I don't have children. I don't claim to be. But one thing I really recommend is just like letting your children learn. So if you think of an eight hour workday, school day, approximately, I was able to get done with my schoolwork like within four hours, which as a homeschooler, it's a lot easier to do when it's just one-on-one. And then those other four hours, I was learning, I was building one in color. I was learning all these skills, Photoshop, InDesign, coding. I'm not that great of a coder, but like I learned like the basic HTML things. So just like in those times, let the, like your children learn. Maybe they do have those quirky interests. Maybe it's the Titanic. Maybe it's a quirky animal that most people have never heard of. Take those skills and take those interests. They might not end up studying lemurs the rest of their life, but the skills that they learn to study those, they might be taking into 
who knows what career. And like, even in California, there's so many careers that I didn't know existed in the world. And I don't think people like realize like how many options you have available. If you love history, the options are not just teacher or historian. There are so many different options for you. So just look into those weird careers that you might not have ever heard of, but they exist in the world because there's billions of people in the world. And if you have a very odd or strange interest, chances are somebody else shares that interest. That's one thing I've learned too, is just find your people. Especially with the online world, like you can find exactly. so many niche groups. Yeah, it, it is really interesting to think, looking at your kid when they're little and what they are interested in and to see how it comes out. Like I, one of the immediate, I didn't know how homeschool was going to look, but one of the first things that I was like, my shoulders relaxed a little bit. And I was like, okay, we're going to be okay. Was that he could just be outside all the time. Cause he was a kid yeah. that's always in trees. We have a friend who said, whenever I hear Mr. Ricky, I look up cause I know he's going to be like in a tree calling to me or something, <laughs> but he was just able to be physically active. And now he's fifth cut to 15. He's out in nature scouts is his life. He's yeah. jumping all the time and seeing all these cool animals. So it's just, I just know that at some point, like that will be some part of his life forever, I think. So you can see how the Definitely. humble squid and <laughs> the ring-tailed lemur. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I have some friends right now who love like nature and animals and they're working for national parks or they're like volunteering in nature type things. Like there's just so many different job opportunities that like most people haven't heard of. You just have to do your research and like really niche down. It's really interesting to speak to someone who is, was homeschooled because I had a conversation this year with Christy. I don't know if you know her on the internet, but she's kindness mischief on Instagram. She has older kids. Like if you like books, she has the best book list, but she was talking about how we never get to hear from when we're thinking about homeschooling and like the pros and cons of homeschooling. Cause there are both that yeah. we never hear from the graduates. It's not a strong voice that's out there. So it's really refreshing to talk to someone that can share mm -hmm. some inside information about what it was like. I want to hear more about learning color. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, learning color started as a passion for history. And a lot of my older original articles focused on history. Since then, it's expanded to a lot of different social studies, book lists. I have math, English. And what's nice is as I learn and grow as a person, learning color grows. For example, I have like random Mandarin resources on there. I'm a learning manager and I am learning Mandarin. And it's okay, as I'm learning about these things, why not just create a worksheet or a resource for it? Because like I said, if someone, if I'm interested in it, chances are somebody else is going to be interested in it in the future. I have a lot of topics and studies dedicated to like niche topics, like blind guide dogs or being guide dogs for the blind yep. or kids with different physical abilities. And I think that just getting that exposure to the world is really important. Back in Indiana, Indiana is very rural. It's very homogenous mm -hmm. and white. I was adopted from China, so I didn't have any Asian friends growing up. There wasn't any Asians to be friends with growing up. <laughs> but since moving to California, it's just like the diversity is incredible. And I'm just glad I got all that exposure when I was younger through books, even if I didn't have that in the communities around me. And I think that's like books is what started my love of the world, my love of different cultures. But then moving to California and getting able being able to travel so much has really amplified like that love. It's okay. It's not just something you read in books. These people yeah. exist and they have the coolest stories. So that just gave me chills because of book lover. <laughs> My first like real yes. word was bookie. And I know that there's a lot of parents listening who can't provide, they're listening to you talk and they're like, gosh, I wish I could take my kids to Guatemala or do X, yeah. Y, and Z and budget. Like it's, kids are expensive, but yeah. you really can provide many experiences through books. And I think having a diverse yeah. library is one of my, something we have sought out forever because yes. New Hampshire, we have some diversity, but it's New Hampshire. 
So I want to have a diverse library. I was pre-doing this. I worked and talking about rural area, but some of the challenges that you speak of, I was working urban and like outside mm-hmm. of Boston in and around. Okay. And so that was where my passion was at and those kids. And yeah. so I wanted to provide my kids with a library that didn't look like the kids that would be in, this is before we were homeschooling, that didn't look like yeah. what their classroom would be if they, yeah. you know. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I just think diverse literature is important for everybody. And it's getting easier and easier to find, which is good yes. because there's yes. people 100. talking about it because <laughs> it used to be really tough. Yeah, and I'm like, I've been pleasantly surprised with a lot of niche yeah books that have come out, and especially in the picture book realm, because I feel like that's where it starts. That's great. We have like everything everywhere else, the Asian movie, like dominating Hollywood, but that's when they're young and just getting them to appreciate like different cultures and the way people live. It doesn't have to be like you to be good or bad. It's just different than you. And I think that's okay. Exactly. To be curious about the people around you and also to be able to look into a picture book and see someone who looks like you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Especially as a little kid, I was going to say, you're talking about taking Mandarin and then creating worksheets. That must be so good for your learning too, because as you're creating, you're reinforcing, it's like that Yes. Tell me, what does it tell me? And then you like, I don't know, I'm messing up the quote. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I um, do it and I remember. I just just butchered that. (laughs) No, it's okay. But yeah, that's a lot of what Learning Color strives to do. It's not just answering questions, like discussion questions, answering comprehension questions. It's more about discussion. It's more about diving deeper into it and then examining the traits in your own life. Have you seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness? I feel like I have. When did that come out? Is that oh, Will Smith? With Smith? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. It's I'm terrible with titles, but I'm like, yes. Yeah, but it's a true story about how this guy, he went from homeless to going on Wall Street. And one of the reviews for that movie guide I did, she said that she used it in a juvenile delinquent facility. And that movie guide actually helped her students think about their life. And that was like a really high compliment for me just because she's like, these kids struggle with work ethic, but they really enjoyed your movie pack. And so it just shows like that power of saying, hey, this person looks like me. This person gave them a really rough background. It's not just this privileged, rich, white background or whatever. This person actually did something cool with their life. And I loved like just seeing kids get that motivation and get some, I love to see them get them thinking about their own life and say, hey, like this is how it's relevant to me, not just something that happened 30 years ago. I love that story. I used to do some testing with incarcerated youth. And I imagine okay. part of that too, is like the hope because you can feel really yeah. hopeless being in there. You're contained and like, how am I, when I get out, what's that going to look like? But to see someone go from homeless to yeah. Wall Street, even if that isn't your dream, just to know that's a possibility must yeah. have been really amazing for them. That's great. You could help them out. Yeah. Sorry. What age levels I'm going to guess it's a diverse range of ages, but what age ranges if someone's listening and they're interested in learning more about learning color? I have something for all ages. My favorite is middle school, just because I feel like that's when it's starting to shape their worldviews and starting to get into harder topics. I do have a lot of harder topic resources for younger grades, but middle school is my favorite. Love. I love tweens and teens. They're like, they get a bad rap, but they're amazing. Okay. So if you're all right, I'm going to switch to our rapid fire. Okay. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. I do not drink coffee. (laughs) That's a pretty mug. That's my favorite color. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Night owl or early bird? Ooh, I would have to say mostly night owl, but I've been more of an early bird. Of late. Introvert or extrovert? Oh my goodness. So (laughs) this is rapid fire. Okay. I was going to go with extrovert, but I Stereotypically, I call myself an introvert, but I think that's changed. Oh, that's great. So over time, you were able to become more extroverted? 
starting when I moved to California. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. When you were little, I know you already touched on this. What did you want to be when you grew up? I actually wanted to be a sign language teacher. So if you look at all of my early kindergarten things and all of them, I said, I wanted to be a sign language teacher. Oh my goodness. Are you fluent? No. So I lost a lot of it, but I had a lot of deaf friends when I was in elementary school. That love of other cultures and other people's lives and interests started early, but I used to be, I used to be able to communicate with my deaf friends. That's fantastic. One of my favorite grad school professors was did sign language too. And she would be an ASL. Mm-hmm. If someone needed cognitive testing or yeah. academic testing, she did, would do ASL. Oh my gosh. That's I love really that. Good. Yeah. And Shauna does ASL too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She's okay. m- many talents. <laughs> what was your favorite book as a kid? Oh, I am David by Ann Holm. Great. I love how you can take a book and just see like how it shapes your, all of oh your gosh. years. The first yes, book that you fall I, in love with. I love that book so much. And what is the best book you've read in the last 10 or so years? You, you can pick question. more than one. If, <laughs> you can pick more than one if you want to. I always cheat. Recently, a couple of my favorites, um, The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz was really good. Educated by Tara Westover and Every Day is a Gift by Tammy Duckworth. No particular order. Those are all really good ones. Educated was one of those books that you just read in a day and then think oh my, about for yeah. years, years and years yeah. and years. Talking about resiliency. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. And what is your favorite hobby? It sounds like you have a lot of them. <laughs> oh, no. Probably planning trips at the time. <laughs> it sounds like you're good at it. If you can get a $100 plane ticket to Guatemala, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of research on how to budget travel. And I'm yeah, after this call, I'm going to be planning what I'm going to be doing in Guatemala. So. That's so great. Do you leave soon? Yeah. So I actually leave a week from today for my sister's graduation. And then right from there, I'm going from Minneapolis to Guatemala. That is awesome. With just an 18 liter backpack. So wish me luck with the package. (laughs) Are you a great packer? I have learned to be. Yeah. I don't like paying for carry-ons or extra baggage fees. And so I've just learned to be very minimalist and suck it up buttercup. (laughs) What is bringing you joy right now? Probably my friends. Like I said, I had a really rough like couple months in December, January, and I'm just starting to come out of that. And so just spending time with friends and um, everything started to come in place with my housing and a couple other different life factors. So I'm just really thankful for all of that. So for friends. That's wonderful. Friends are so important. Yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I've known Samantha for a few years now, but only <laughs> over email and maybe Voxer. So it's, yeah. I always love meeting people that I feel like I know, but I've never seen in person. So this has been really fun for me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You too. Same. I love like working with people and then seeing them in person. It's oh, okay. Like you're real. <laughs> yeah. And hearing your story. I just think it's awesome. And being a mom of a quirky gifted kid, it's, ni- it's nice to see an adult quirky gifted kid that's smiling, you know, that's having fun and yeah. Still following interests and all of that. So that's really great. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So f- before we sign off, where can everybody find you? They can find me at learnincolor.com. All my social media is on there. Facebook, Pinterest, Pinterest. I haven't gotten on the TikTok train yet, but I feel like it's probably going to be coming soon. Um, but yeah, you can keep up with me and my adventures on there. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.
Hey sisters, Kate here. As a lifelong gamer, school psychologist, and homeschool mom, I have witnessed time and time again the power of play when it comes to learning. In fact, I truly believe that homeschooling can be almost all fun and games. Now, does that mean it's going to be all sunshine, rainbows, and laughter? Heck to the no way. But I do believe we could all be having a heck of a lot more fun. A playful mindset can transform your homeschool routine and your family life. The best part? You don't need an overflowing game closet to get started. You can be a game schooler today with just a deck of cards, and I'd love to show you how. That's why I created Never Bored Learning. Never Bored Learning is a private online community for creative parents and educators who embrace play-based learning and game schooling. The goal of Never Bored Learning is to play more and learn lots in the process. Your Never Bored Learning membership includes access to monthly guest speakers, live Q&As, monthly day-in-the-life family spotlights, and an ever-growing library filled with printable resources, including documentation resources, challenges, and print-and-play games and activities. But the very best part of NBL is the private online community forum. This is not a Facebook group, and it is hands down my favorite spot on the internet. The community is a vibrant one, filled with creative parents and educators. I wake up every morning before my kids, I pour myself that very first cup of coffee, and I hang out in the MBL community forum. It's my favorite way to start the day, and I'd love to see you there. If you'd like to learn more about Neverboard Learning, visit neverboardlearning.com. That's N-E-V-E-R-B-O-A-R-D-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G dot com. And if you're not ready for a monthly commitment, but you're interested in getting your feet wet with game schooling, I invite you to sign up for our free seven-day game school kickstart, which you can find on mylittlepoppies.com, or enroll in our digital course, Game Schooling 101. I can't wait to show you the power that play can have on your homeschool and family life. I wish you a play-filled year, sisters. Chat soon. Bye for now.